my favorite thing Champagne is my favorite thing I want it inside of me I want all the champagne inside of me It's like a sexy lemonade It's like a sexy lemonade I have a nice time with it I have a really nice time with it Champagne is my favorite thing Champagne is my favorite thing I want it inside of me I want all the champagne inside of me Cause when you pop that bottle I have a really, really nice Woo! That is the Stiffy's coming at you, the boys Stiffy's, the Stiffy boys coming right at you through the tremendous ears of the airways of the boys from the tremendous field of the airways that they're coming from. It's tremendous time, people. So many nouns, so few middle words. So few thinking. Before. <laughs> so few thinking. <laughs> much little thinking. Before thinking, not much. And <laughs> what, what, what we did think about, though, was getting the Australian artist, the Stiffies. Uh, Tom, what album is that from? That's from the album We Are Groovy Boys. We Are Groovy Boys. 2014 release from the Stiffies. That's right. Jason John, uh, Sydney comedian, is also a very talented musician and allowed us to open up our show with his tremendous track, Champagne. Jason John does the fucking... He has so many of these weird little side projects that he does in in a in addition to do it being in a very successful band doing stand-up comedy and also having a job as an ad creative he does these weird little projects and one of them was featured on the do you know the little dum-dum club no it's like a really famous australian comedian podcast but they talked about this thing that they found which jason actually created and it was called something like celebrityfart.com mm. and it was like a, a platform you could go to and you could download farts from your favorite celebrities <laughs> so the idea is like brad pitt records himself farting and puts it on this platform <laughs> and you can buy it from him oh my goodness that's like cam cameo for the a-hole of a celebrity yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah asshole cameo that's yeah, very yeah. funny no yeah he's, a, he's he's so fucking funny he also gave me some great relationship advice once at a, at a show that i still think about all right what is it i can't get into it because it reveals too much. Oh, <laughs> you gotta give, give it give a touch of what, something. What you like? What like you do with the beady arguments and stuff? Oh, like, okay, yeah, really? My relationship <laughs> with my girlfriend is the same as your relationship with Jason John. We were talking about <laughs> my relationship with my anyway. So Jason John, thank you so much for that music. Uh, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot to get to today. We actually got to move kind of quickly because we have a call from Sydney comedian, uh, Liverpool-born uh, Carl Legacy. Carl Legacy. Okay. So let's 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 recap. Why why are we talking to Carl this morning? Why? This evening, I, I spent the weekend in Melbourne competing in the Deadly Funny Comedy Competition, the Indigenous Funny uh, Indigenous Comedy Competition um, in Melbourne. It was the finals. I won the New South Wales bracket and was going there to compete in the finals. And so, and Kyle happened to be in Melbourne as well, so we linked up and did some shows together. Um, and so that's basically what happened. So, um, it, what happened in Melbourne? I got to quickly get to this because we don't have much time before we Kyle gets to a gig, and uh, we need to get him to tell the story from because uh, frankly, I don't remember it too well. This is so funny. Uh, from what the, the the snippets I've heard from your faulty memory about this story, I'm I'm excited to get to the truth. Okay. So the first day that we arrived was Friday morning. Friday morning, get to Melbourne. Except I missed my flight. <laughs> you missed your flight. Missed my flight because um my uh, scanning code on my phone my my screen was cracked. They couldn't scan it. They couldn't get it like they couldn't get it on time before I could, had to go through the gate. So I had to pay for my own flight. Get there, go to the dress Wait, rehearsal. How, how, how soon before your flight were you at the airport? 15 minutes. 
50 minutes. Okay. For a domestic. It's tight, but that's fair. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, I thought I was going to make it for sure, but I'm, I, admittedly, I'm, I don't fly often, so I don't, I can't, it's not smooth for me. I don't know mm. what I'm doing, where to go. So um, then I had the dress rehearsal, got to the studio. They were so cool about it. Tom Dickens is the man working for, he works for Century, um, mm. and he just fucking is the sweetest. Uh, he was panic controlled, just got me all calm and was like, we'll get you on another flight. It's fine. Mm. So I uh, got to a dress rehearsal at this beautiful theater, got there, and, the, and you have to kind of go over your jokes for TV to see if they're going to be okay for TV. And so it's just the comedians and the people setting up cameras in there. Uh, and like, uh, and then the judges and like the tech, tech, like the producers and stuff. So I'm going through my set. Everyone, no one really sort of knows each other. I get up there as this white boy and everyone's sort of like, what's this going to be about? And immediately they start laughing. There's this beautiful comedian, Jay. I wish I could remember his last name, but Jay is this big dude, um, big bet. And he's got these huge belly laughs. He's just, he's going, he's hearing my jokes. and He's going, ah, ah, <laughs> he's just laughing, making everyone else laugh. And uh, I get to my last show. It's doing really well. And it gets very quiet because I'm talking about paraplegics and uh, schoolgirls. <laughs> and uh, it gets kind of quiet. And then the producer says, hey, Elliot, you can't do that on TV. <laughs> I say, all right, well, he goes, uh, he goes, have you got any more? And I go, I've got a million. So then we go out to, we finish our rehearsal. I go back to the hotel room. I'm feeling pretty good. I've got some gigs lined up after the rehearsal. So the show's the next day. I got some gigs. So I, I head out to some gigs. I go, it's a 40 minute walk to the first gig, go there. It was a, it was a bit of a shit show, but I like, you know, I did well, came back the uh, 50 minute walk to the next gig in the opposite direction, right? Back, back where I was going. So get to this gig. And what I'm doing is I'm buying long necks on the way and just walking <laughs> and drinking. So I'm getting drunk and drunk and I get to the show that I'm- Did you, like you just chose not to take public transport or just- couldn't? I didn't really have the money for it. But you did have money for lots of long necks. It's pretty cheap. It's pretty cheap. <laughs> so probably. it's the tram. Oh, well, that's the thing. I know people were saying, like, why don't you take public transport? I'm like, I didn't have the time to just sit there and figure it out. I was, like, rushing to gigs. I knew I could make it on foot, but, like, asking mm. people and stuff would just be a stress and shit. So I was like, let me see the city, walk around and have some beers and stuff. So walked around, had some beers, walked, like, got to the gig. I did the first one. That's fine. Got to the next gig. And there's a lot of drinking time in between. I'm by myself. I get to the gig with Kyle Legacy. And, frankly, I do not remember much at this point. What time is this? The show starts at 11. Yeah. Okay, so... Kyle, you've been drinking since? Um, 6 p.m.? Yeah. And so uh, Kyle gets there. He's emceeing the show. And uh, we were like, apparently, this is what I hear. A bunch of the guys from the competition, the indigenous guys, were all there. And they're like, uh, yeah, Elliot, do you remember the gig that you did yesterday? And I was like... Should, should, we, should we let Elliot... Uh, sorry, should we let Kyle tell this part of the yeah, story? Yeah, cool, cool. Let's do all this. Right, let me... Uh, when I'll, I got up in the morning, I will say this. I thought that I missed the gig. I woke <laughs> up in bed and was like, I thought I missed the gig. And then these guys reminded me that no, Elliot, you did not miss that gig. All right, we're gonna we're gonna dial in Kyle on my phone. Let's see how this goes. The boys, what's, what's up, mate? Fun? How well, are you? Legacy, you're on the tremendous podcast. Welcome. Oh my god, what an honor! Oh my <laughs> god, I'm shaking. I'm nervous. Right? Highlight of your career. Oh yeah, god. did you actually write something for this appearance or? Um, yeah, boys, cue the teleprompter. Um, <laughs> I want to say faggot. That say? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, we got to get you. Okay, so we spent some years. You're still in Melbourne now, and you've got to get to another gig right uh, pretty soon. Is that correct? I've got to get to gig. I'm in like 15 minutes, yeah, but I got I, I got 15 minutes to rest, baby. Don't you worry about it. I don't give a shit about this gig. It's a, when I called you, like, on this. If, when I called you like 30 minutes ago, you were definitely asleep. You had been. You were. You were horizontal <laughs> at best. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> I'm not going to wank stand it off, am I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So what we've got, we got for... So I was just telling Tom about my trip in Melbourne and I, I kind of like, look, I don't remember much about getting there because I was just saying that when I woke up in the morning, I actually thought that I missed the gig. 
I was like, oh shit, Carl's gonna kill me. I missed that gig. And then I got down at breakfast and the fellas reminded me that I did not miss that gig at all. No, you did not because Fabian was there. For a start, I didn't even know you were the indigenous as well. So that was, you didn't do it here doing an indigenous com- comedy competition. I was like, I thought the guy was white. Yeah, yeah well, you're, it's that, news like, to everyone. Yeah, you're, you're, you're seven eighths <laughs> correct, Carl. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this dude was not one sixth hammered, he was a hundred percent hammered. I'll say that. Pretty right now. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he pops up, pops up and I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's Friday night, so he's booked for the Friday and the Saturday. I'm running this show for Miss Nevin, and um, but I'm like, uh, so I'm looking after it, but I see it's on the lineup. I'm like, oh, sick, my boy, let's go. Um, so he gets there, and like, it's like right before the show, like, oh no, he, he classic EJ, obviously rocks up fucking halfway through the show, doesn't he? Obviously, I had to walk, um, I had to walk from so far away. I had to walk from so live, but I still managed to be there on time. That's yeah, weird how that works, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> but, uh, maybe I'm a sh- or just a comedian that's fucking punctual. <laughs> but anyway, so he rocks up. I think he brings his own long neck in. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you put it into the pub? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, obviously, I did. I was partying, man. <laughs> that, the, the label scratched off, so that, that's what he's been doing on that 30-minute walk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, New beer that was just there. It was warm as well, so he definitely had it for a while. Oh my god! He comes with that, and then apparently he comes in. He's like, "The fuck's the deal with those people at the door or whatever?" I'm like, "I'm pissed." <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm like, "I don't know." It's like some, she seems she seems sound, Shit. and then he's like, and I'm like, "Chill for a minute, would you please?" <laughs> so I had to drag him all the way to the back of the room, and then I'm like, "Um." um and then I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you're on here or whatever. And I'm just, I keep saying to them, just get it together. Just keep it together, lad. You got this. Just keep it together. I, I, I wanted them to kill. Like, I didn't want to not put them on and stuff. <laughs> Wait, well, tell me, it, was, it, it, I remember it being kind of loud in there. Like, it was kind of, like, fucking rowdy a little bit. Nah, it was, oh, there was just <laughs> people in the corners. You, you, like, I was talking to them, roasting them. Yeah. Because they made some weird shit about black people. Then you was, like, saying you're going to fucking kill them and shit like that as well. <laughs> no saying, way. Like, I don't remember this shit at all, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And they were just like out of nowhere, and That's then nice. um, like obviously me and Fabian fucking Woods and Luell and all that. We're, we're we're at the back. We're just like fucking dying because you're like hammered. Like you're holding the mic, you know the way you hold it all the way out away, but it's like, weight <laughs> <laughs> and and it's pointing to the ground. It's like you might as well just put that in your fucking pocket, lad. Elliot thinks like a microphone people. is like a talking stick. Like he just needs to, <laughs> it just needs to be on his person, then it works. It's exactly. It was like it was like it was a fucking nineties undercover cop with just the shittiest wire budget ever. They were like, the police like, you saw the drug dealers not gonna see this me holding this microphone. They're like, nah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Get it. That's what he was a fucking idiot. Okay, so I've, I've talked some shit to these racists. That's I'm I'm on side with the audience. Then I'm, that's good. Okay, so then what what happened? <laughs> and then and then um, and then, yeah, so you're doing your stuff like you you you, you say you're hammered or whatever and stuff like that. And then I'm crushing, I'm crushing. No, it's stuff. all good. It's all fine. You're doing your stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're doing your stuff and you're getting by. You're doing well. Me and Luel were like, what the fuck? He's actually doing well. And I was like, and I was saying to Luel, I was like, I told you, um, I got a bit cocky. I was like, I told you, baby, you would. Yeah. Um, I felt like I, I, I made it happen, and then and then out of nowhere, like, out of nowhere, you just go after one of your jokes. I think it was the fucking I can't remember what the fuck oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, the cleaning joke is already four minutes too long, but it, you took you fucking <laughs> that one. Then you got another one, 
And um, maybe you were doing that fucking round about one you were going into, and then you were like, ain't that right, fat lady? And oh, no. Out, we were right hand side of the room, me and Luel, which like, what? Wait, what? We were like, call us off guard. We were like, he didn't say that, did he? And then, but you didn't have to worry because our, our question was answered two seconds later when you were like, yeah, you fat lady. Oh, this poor fat lady. <laughs> but then I could see in his eyes that he was just too fucked down, like, he, like the, I thought I'd hit him or whatever. So, so I was like, and he kept saying fat lady and then like, it was just weird. Like, so I was like, oh, one day, I was like, all right, you're done. Here we go. Give it up for him, everybody. He walked up on stage. <laughs> like, walked up and fucking clapped him off. And then I get up there and I'm like, who was he talking to? There was no one that resembled a lady. There was two skinny women with these guys. But there wasn't any people in the whole venue. So we were all like, as a crowd, we were like, what the fuck is he talking about? Oh, and I was like, well, you can't, I'm going to be offended by somebody that isn't here or whatever the fuck. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Dude, I'm so sorry um, about that. I, I look, he did it in the most loving way. He didn't kick me off and be like, fuck Ellie, right? He was just like, all right, my boy. Joe, Joe White, the pussy, fucking, I didn't give a shit. I thought it was hilarious anyway, you know what I mean? Even if the lady watched that, it would have been even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Joe White was like, oh, I can't be a part of this. as soon as Because he, he was meant to be on after you. And I was like, oh, what the fuck, the pussy. So I had to do 15 minutes after you. No like, way, was there, 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 was there was a guy. There was a guy. You were sitting on the stool, and then some guy like took you out because I guess you were like almost falling off the stool. Then I think you finished my fucking beer, my pint, and you stole my ciggies. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, you did. I found a pack of ciggies, so that's fine. You're lucky. But also, I messaged them the next day saying all these messages. Tom, I was like, it was like, yo, you're so fucked last night. Um, how, how you feeling? Do you think my ciggies? I'm gonna kill you. Did you drank my beers, what your dog? Ha ha. And then he disregarded all those messages. He didn't even look at that. He, he, he obviously looked at them. How could you not? And the next message was, Yo, what's going on tonight? I didn't fucking even see it, bro. I was in a haze. I was, uh, there's no way you could have seen it because um, it was a right above message oh my he sent God. me. EJ has a good way of not seeing messages that involve him spending money. <laughs> It's a real talent. <laughs> I never took your cigarettes, you fuck. Did you win the competition? Nah, man, I didn't do it. I fucking, I'm pretty pissed. Oh, it felt like an uppercut. I could have, uh, I could have really used hanging out with you, but, uh, but I didn't get a chance. Wait, wait, wait. Did you, did you do the set though? Yeah, I fucking crushed it, dude. It's gonna be on TV. Like, I, look, frankly, I think I should have uh, won. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it isn't. Comedy competition and your wife, so what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, the, the, all the optics are all off. DJ <laughs> was really lucky because in the second row was this huge fat chick and he, he already had a bunch of crowd work loaded up. <laughs> yeah, they were all fucking sorry bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, dude, thank you so much for giving us a buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, regaling us. I appreciate that. Big love, man. I'll catch you resume. Um, Listen to that. I want to meet LeBron James podcast, everybody. I'll see you later. LeBron Bye. James podcast. We'll shout that shit out. Love you, bro. Ciao. See you, Legacy. Oh, dude, I love that guy. Yeah, very, very funny. He calls me. He calls me his uh, protege, and I, I don't argue him. I don't know. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I went through a run whenever I was at gigs. He'd always be like, uh, um, "Guys, uh, we, we, we've got one of the best joke writers in Sydney coming up because EJ Rivetti isn't here." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, okay, so yeah, the first gig, I had this confidence, I guess, because the first gig I did, it was so loud and everyone was bombing, literally dropping glasses and the multiple drop glasses, except the room was laid out like a proper comedy room with people f with those tables filled, actually listening to the joke. So there was speakers, 
that was so loud they could hear, but there was just con- a wall of conversation. I couldn't even hear myself. I could just see them shaking and like their mouths like and smiling just by seeing that they were laughing, like moving up and down. And I was just saying to them, this is the worst audience ever. You suck. Here's another joke. <laughs> and that was what was killing. It was doing really well. So then I had this confidence where I was just like, well, I'm just going to tell them how I feel. And then... Uh, I saw an Instagram story of that and you could barely hear you over the chatter. Horrendous. Hor- and I was looking at them going, can you hear me? And then they get reaction. I'm like, maybe it just, um, it's a miming that they're finding funny or something. Man, it's so crazy. It's, uh, yeah, an unbelievable. It's... It, I get that thing. Like once a few people start talking, everyone's like, oh, I guess we can all just choose to mm. listen or not. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's so disrespectful. In Melbourne, they're so bad at dealing with hecklers. In my, like, just in, this, the small, yeah. in the little period that I saw, there was this um, this gig that I did where this guy, this friend of ours, a friend of the podcast, brother tremendous, Mitch Parry, calls in uh, floor drugs, Parry, mm. um, called up um, and said that uh, he was sitting next to a girl that he wasn't at the show with. He just happened to be sitting next to her. And this heckler was there just belligerently having a conversation with the comic on stage. And the comic wasn't doing anything but allowing him to have this conversation. Then went right back into his material like nothing happened. And the girl looked over at my friend, uh, the brother Tremendous Mitch, and said, what is happening? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. I don't know why they're not saying anything. So it was, it was they're, yeah, they're kind of bad with it. Yeah, it's crazy. I, th- I think as well because Australian audiences by and large aren't that like comedy savvy. So people do go and just don't really know what's happening. And then someone has a conversation with the audience. I think some people, legitimately some people go, oh, is that what we do? Mm. We, we yell shit out intermittently. And, and especially like... We are pretty lucky. I will say in Sydney, that happens. It's not like we're bereft of that completely, but like it's not as... it's It, was, it didn't seem as common. Who was emceeing the gig? Anyone that we know? Um, like did the M because that's usually the MC's role to be like shut the fuck up. The gig was laughs on Ligon. Oh, okay. Um, Samples room. So it was Gavin Samples room, but he wasn't there. In fact, he actually forgot to message the guy, and I just showed the guy a message, and uh, he goes, "I was supposed to be doing ten minutes," and, and the guy goes, "Oh well, uh, maybe you can just do a type four. Yeah. <laughs> I got up there and I was like doing well, way better than the way better than the like I was doing really well, and fucking uh, I said to the the audience, um. Unfortunately for you guys, I only get four minutes here, and then you're gonna have to listen to another Melbourne comic, and uh, and they just let me do my ten minutes. Just making friends everywhere you go. Hey man, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good. It was- so then you black out, you go and do Carl's joke, you go insult an imaginary fat woman, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Saturday. Tell me about Saturday. Were you not like Saturday was the one where I did the um where I met oh, Mitch that was and stuff like, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay. And then, uh, so wait, was that before or after the Deadly Funny? After. Oh, so you did this post? Okay. Yeah, so I so, just went and did my gig. I was sad about it and then walked off to another gig. What time was Deadly Funny? Fucking 4 p.m. Yeah, that was the same as Raw. 4 p.m. in the day. And then um, and then I went out and I just had all this extra time. So I was supposed to do the late show. I was supposed to do the second show, the Saturday night. So I did the first show with Kyle on Friday. Supposed to do the second show, wake up in the morning and there's a message from the room runner saying, uh, you're off the show tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Today's podcast is not brought to you by the Rubik's Cube, the fastest, cheapest and easiest way to test for autism in your child. Is your kid having trouble maintaining eye contact so much you think he might have a disorder? Well, 20 minutes with a Rubik's Cube will give you peace of mind. Just use the code ANTIVAXER at checkout for 20% off. The Rubik's Cube, Mark Zuckerberg's favourite toy. And we're back. Yes, we are. 
All right, Elliot, so uh, you teased a story at the end of last week. You were telling us a story about uh, your first time driving high. Tying up loose ends. Tying, tying up loose ends. We're tying up loose ends from last week. You told us about you were driving high. <coughs> you uh, reversed straight into the car. Was that what it was? I almost reversed into the car smoking weed for the first time on my peas. But the story that I told was that I was with my brother and uh, we were talking about getting caught smoking weed driving by our parents. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're like, um, we were talking about like, oh man, you, you said, I think that's my worst fear or something. It, that would be the, it would be the thing that my dad would, I always thought would flip out the most yeah, about. Yeah, that's what you were saying. And so I said, oh, that happened to me. And we didn't have the time to elaborate. So... What, and I said, but what I did, I got to clear this up. I did actually say I saved my brother's life. And when you're talking about driving high, it sounds like you like I saved him on a from a car accident. Not at all. I just saved him from the punishment of my father for hearing about it. So, because you also compared it to the time that your uh, brother saved you from almost certainly getting kidnapped <laughs> by a mysterious indigenous couple with a bag full of clocks. That's exactly what the happened. The bag full of clocks always baffles me. Yeah, no, it still baffles me. And I, I hope it baffles you. I wish you, because in your mind, I feel like you could do some uh, late work, like cold cold case detective work and be like, Elliot, I figured it out. I know exactly we knock on their door <laughs> and they've got clocks everywhere. <laughs> Old man Johnson, the clock maker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like, you're, it's like a, you, you walk into their room and you're like, I'm not sure if these are the people. And they're like, let me leave the room for a second. And you stumble into a closet with a lot of clocks. Like, Elliot, it's them. <laughs> <laughs> Right before they attack you. Um, so, uh, so what happened was, um, I, yeah, I did compare it to that. It was a little bit ridiculous. Um, so, but what happened was, we, we, my brother and I were both kitchen hands or chef, like um, waiters in a um, in Bill and Tony's. Uh, so if you went kitchen hands, chefs, no waiters. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we did all of it. We did all of it, but mainly we were sh- mainly we were waiters, sort of thing. We would what, just what, take our food. Where was this? What was the restaurant? What was the, what was um, the deal? Bill and Tony's Darlinghurst. Most people like in my age group and stuff like that definitely knew it, and a lot of people definitely older knew it. It was sort of like a staple of Little Italy in uh, on Stanley Street in Darlinghurst. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like right next to like, the, it was directly across the street from the Ark, the old Ark. It was a cafe. It was just there for years, and it had like um, pinball machines in there and a pool table and shit. And you could get coffee in the morning. Yeah, okay. Um, and you, so we'd go there uh, all the time, and we had a job there in high school. And the chefs there were all um, Italian and Nepalese, and the Nepalese guys loved to smoke weed. And one of them, Schumann, uh, would live across. He lived across the street, and he'd always be like, "You want to go watch uh, Up in the Smoke tonight? Up in the Smoke?" And we just watch Cheech and Chong on replay. <laughs> and get <laughs> I didn't even watch Cheech and Chong. I watched it many times. Is so it good? Ch- yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah. uh, you have to be high though. <laughs> Otherwise, do not watch it. But uh, no, it's, uh, so I watched it um, with him many times. But we'd smoke weed there, and then go back home. Like we'd wait for my dad to fall asleep, and then I'd drive back home with my brother. My dad was like on a date, so it was like a sure thing. He was out for the whole night. I guess the day got cancelled early. We never got to the bottom of that. But my dad called me while uh, while we were at my bro- uh, at Schumann's place, high as fuck, and supposed to be staying the night at my dad's place. How how old were you? <sighs> on the cusp of like eighteen, okay. sort of thing. Like you know, just red peas. Still in high school? Or? Yeah, red peas, red yeah, peas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just at the end of high school, maybe just sort of at the end of it, kind of thing. Like, and my but my brother was still in high school, mm. um, and. Uh, we, we get a call from my dad and my dad's like, where are you guys? You're supposed to be. And we were like, we have no excuse thought up. We have nothing. And we're just like, we're at Schumann's place kind of thing. And my dad, I guess he's, he, I guess he always knew like parents always knew. Like we talk about that, that like we smoke weed there, but uh, he was just like, get back home right now. And we had no like smell plan. We were supposed to be going home to an empty house kind of thing. And we get through the door. I, I remember that when I first started smoking, like the <sighs> smell was something I was so paranoid yeah. about where I was like, do I need to, 
and the, the clear eyes as well. I never got into that, but you, you a clear eyes guy? Uh, I actually have one of those talents. My friends think it's hilarious. My eyes never got bloodshot. Yeah, they don't. They don't, they don't go bloodshot. So like, um, they just always stay white. So like, they're like, it's like a natural sort of visine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but, but we get to the door, my brother and I just like, it's almost, si- we're coming up with excuses between us, but everything else is just silence until we're like, what we're thinking. And we get to the front door and my dad opens the door. And the first thing he says to us is, we, before we say anything, he goes, you're obviously fucking high. And uh, <laughs> he goes, I can smell it on you right now. And he goes, get into the kitchen right now. And he's looking at us in the bright light. Fucking, you know, why isn't Elliot's eyes bloodshot? <laughs> but, but Rowie's eyes are obviously fucking high. Rowie is so high. And he's standing and, there and like- And how, how are you guys reacting to this? Are you trying to play dumb or are you just going along with it? We're going along with it. We, we, we've been caught. Yeah, okay. We've been caught. And so we're going along with it. And my dad's looking at the two of us so angry and also so disappointed. Like, it's, it's the worst. And I say to dad, I say to my dad, dad- Rowie didn't smoke any weed. <laughs> it was just me. He was sitting there saying, Elliot, you shouldn't do it. And then he looks at Rowie and he, Rowie is so high and he goes, Rowie, go to your room. <laughs> and then I took all of the punishment for the whole night, for the fucking whole, like, for the, my life. You know what I mean? But like, uh, Rowie walked away and Rowie looked at me like, it was like when, uh, I think I told this story, when, when dad washed his mouth out with soap mm. in the bathroom and he looked back at me before he shut the door, like at the end of Godfather. <laughs> he just peered, peered back at me like, I can't believe he's actually washed my mouth out with slam. <laughs> and then Rowie looked back at me like, thank you. <laughs> and then like went back to his room. I was like, oh my God. So yeah, I saved my brother's life. Uh, if your dad was a cop, you'd know exactly what I'm saying. I saved his life. What, what punishment did you get? Um, just a lot of disappointment, my license taken off me and stuff like that. A lot of like, my dad was the guilt trip champ. See, the thing is my dad was raised by a man who, um, named him after him. Mm. That's the first name. It's an Italian tradition. Name your firstborn son after you. But he never called Tremendous. He always called him like you piece of shit or called him you like he, he basically like treated my father like he hated him. You know what Mm. I mean? Even though, and, uh, so like Vinny was like, um, he was all he, he didn't have the tools to be a good dad. You know what I mean? Like he, he wasn't, and that's to say he wasn't given the tools to be a good dad by a good dad. Yeah, and so he, he figured them out himself. Precisely. And so there was a lot of stumbling and one of his favorite techniques was guilt trip because he knew oh. how much we loved him. We respected and loved him. So he's like, this is hurting me. You know mm. what I mean? And so that was, it was so powerful because we were like, we can't fucking hurt that. You know what I mean? Like, but it was just fucking, yeah. A lot of guilt trip, no license. And uh, a close eye, <laughs> close on eye on old Elliot. <laughs> I love the fact as well. Like clearly, I mean, your dad was a private detective. He knows Rory was high. He's currently a pri- uh, he's one of the best private investigators. Currently, always awarded uh, for his um, private investigating um, in Australia. Yeah. And he clearly knows <laughs> that Rory's stoned out of his mind. He, but he just he he just accepts. <laughs> the gentleman's agreement of all right, Elliot's taking double punishment. I guess yeah. that's the that's the role he's taken. It was definitely a house of gents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, fucking, uh, but yeah, no, that was uh, me taking the. Hey, can you tell me this? Because you've never talked to me about this, and I've always been fascinated about it. Uh, so your dad, private detective extraordinaire. Uh, and a private I bl- detective sounds like it's a noir book. It's a private investigator. What's the distinction? I don't know. I think a detective maybe has more um, um, jurisdiction. Is it? Oh, I guess detective maybe is like, it's a, American. It's like a thing. Okay. I, I prefer the idea of him uh, smoking a cigar and wearing a bowler hat in uh, in black and white. The license that you get is a CAPI license. So it's a commercial and private inquiries agent license. Okay. And you know this because you also had one of those licenses. Did you get the license? Cause I've of course heard, I did. 
Here we go. I think I've still got it here. No, okay. I think the uh, of course I did is is unfair. I think, you know, you don't inherit it by birth. Oh, so. wait. I earned it. I was actually no, no, a very I mean, good but, private but, investigator. Yeah, but what I mean by that is like, so you had yours and you're like, oh, obviously I'm the son of a private detective. Oh, I thought you were just saying I did it illegitimately. No, 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 no. Like no. you were like, did you just follow people? No, because I didn't know this because <laughs> you've never told me about this, but I've heard... You also were a private a private investigator for a short while. I don't usually talk about a lot in my earlier life kind of thing, but yeah, I, that was what that was my first job out of high school for three years. Uh, I was a, a private investigator, a very good one. Um, but as I do now, uh, the admin side of my comedy even <laughs> could be really done well. But yeah, in terms of like getting an eighteen year old uh, to write reports and edit footage of. Uh, clients that he'd been following around that had been pretended to having injuries. Um, it was kind of, I just wanted the money. I'd send the invoice real quick. <laughs> so, wait, so what, I don't even understand this world. How does it work? Like what, what was so, it like? Um, I would work in, uh, so a lot of my work came from insurance claims. So people that said that they um, had injured themselves at work, uh, but were actually completely fine and, and getting their insurance money and in a lot of cases working a second job off the books so that they could get double pay. And so then if there was some red flag for whatever, not everyone gets followed, it's a waste of money, but if it's also a waste of money to pay people that are doing it illegitimately. So if there's some red flags, wait, like well, this guy, the injuries don't usually last this long. Why is he still injured? They'll get you to follow them around to try and find um, evidence that contradicts their claim so that they can not only cease the insurance um, uh, payments, but also charge them and for possible, um, you know, uh, fraud. So what happens? Like they come to you and they say, "Hey, I think Anthony Lacascio is uh, is illegally using his insurance," and he is, and he is. And then what? Then what do you do? Like, what's the? What, what, how how do you go about private investigating? Um, I'm given a. Uh, so your insurance company hires um, the company that I worked for, uh, Quantum Corp. Okay. And so they, um, the big, big this is your dad's company as well. Or was this a no, my father owns his own company. Um, it began, he sold his half and now he's just a private contractor, but he, he, he initially started working tremendous, um, with his best friend and then sold his half and was like, I just want to do this. He did it when he started his relationship with his, um, current, like, uh, I think, uh, lady for life. But, um, he was just like, I do not want to do all this work. I've got the money that I need. Let me just chill doing this. He spends most of his time now day trading. <laughs> that's what he does he's got a, like a big like tv set up a computer set up and shit like that and he just day trades all day and shit like that he's like down today <laughs> i'm like all right dad all right, all right. <laughs> but uh so you get a job through quantum corp um and you they, they hire you and say hey elliot we think this person's like we've been hired to do 50 hours on this person um so what you would do to here's the information and they give you a job sheet where they live and whatever and you need to go and take out um you need to dry you, it's a lot of out west a lot of jobs out west kind of thing so um you start your job the first first time that you start an investigation you don't know anything about this person so you've got to get there first thing in the morning before the crack of dawn figure out exactly what they do sometimes they get up first thing in the morning sometimes they don't get up till the Fucking PM, like Kyle Legacy. You know what I mean? He'd be a nightmare to follow. And so, <laughs> although you could see him in a crowd, you know what I mean, with a fucking afro. Um, but uh, you get there at the, before the crack of dawn, follow them and report what you see. You say you do like an eight hour chunk. They didn't go anywhere, say so they did go somewhere. So if they leave to work 7 a.m., you're like, I'm coming back the next day, 5.30. You know what I mean? Mm. If they come back, they leave again at 7 a.m., the next day you come at 6.30. You know what I mean? And then you just follow, but you follow them to work, to jobs. A lot of the times you follow them to medicals where they'll wear 
a neck brace there and take it off on the train <laughs> and you get footage of that. <laughs> and, uh, so it was a lot of that, just con finding contradictions in their claims and stuff like that. But um, I was very good at it because no one ever thought that I was following. <laughs> They're like, this guy is a kid. But I was, He has no idea where he's going. But I was also, I, I got really good at the soft disguise, which is where you, um, I noticed that a lot of people, because I, even though I do have a young face, You'll rec if I'm wearing an orange shirt or something like that uh, in Sydney CBD while he's doing a uh, medical and then he goes back to his western suburbs home and get off the train sees me wearing that same orange shirt stuff starts to click because some people are professional criminals where they just don't where they're like I'm never going to work again I'm just getting these paychecks and I'm going to watch out for private investigators and mm. some people are oblivious like I'm never getting caught so they have no idea so you got to be careful and some people are dangerous so you'd also get um, infidelity jobs. Uh, that's what I thought. And when I was thinking private detective, I'm assuming it's all just like men cheating. Got on an wives. interesting tale about that because my uh, my father, <laughs> okay, my first day in high school, I went to visual arts class where my arts teacher, uh, Miss Tremendous, said to me, um, Elliot, your name's Rovetti, and I said, Yeah, my name's Rovetti. He goes, Is your dad a private investigator? And I said, Yeah. How did you know? And he, she goes. Oh, I've, for my friend. And I told my dad that I go, you must have worked for my teacher's friend. Miss, uh, Tremendous. He said, like, he said the first name to me. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's it. And he goes, her husband was cheating on her a couple months ago. <laughs> and he goes, I caught her. I caught, her, caught him cheating and uh, gave her the footage. And um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So then she was very awkward around me for all of uh, <laughs> kicked, I think she, cause she had me moved out of that class pretty quickly. <laughs> is there anything else? Do you, what was, did you have ever like a particularly exciting case or is it all just much of the same mm, stuff? Lots of stories, but um, not too, they were more exciting cause I was younger. My dad also get this, oh, maybe you shouldn't even tell this story. This might be caught, like this might be a little bit. Um, Illegal. Yes. <laughs> Gotta get the job done. <laughs> Uh, maybe when my dad retires. Okay. What's it, what, what is it? Can you give like a, a headline? I was involved. Let's just say I've been involved in private investigating since I was six years old, seven years old. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was bred into the business <laughs> and I like, the, there's a, there's a Shane Moss joke that he said where he says, uh, it's one of my favorite jokes. It just hit me in the heart. And then even the set, it, even any special, it wasn't the biggest joke, but it hit me right in the heart where he goes, uh, I started a job. My first job was working for my dad. He made uh, countertops in um, Oklahoma. Uh, great job. It was a really successful business. But then I became a teenager. And uh, sometimes as teenagers do, I got very angsty and angry for no reason. So I was like, oh, yeah, dad, you want to pay me a fair wage <laughs> and hand down a successful business to me? Well, fuck you, dad. I'm going to go and push trolleys for minimum wage. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I fucking just was like, dad, you're trying to control my life. And went and worked. I became a cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> you worked your way towards a cleaner. You started, <laughs> you started as a kitchen hat. No chef. No waiter. <laughs> oh, man. I think I need another bit to drown my sorrows. I right. thought about my own life too much. <laughs> This podcast is not brought to you by Superimposer Pal. Have you always struggled to make friends? Perhaps you only have two friends, and one is always annoyed every time you track down their new number. At Superimposer Pal, we use expert photoshoppers to superimpose you into photos with people who would never be your friend, doing things you've probably never done. And act now, and you'll not only receive the Superimposer Pal Superimposed photos, but you'll also receive the backstory to how you guys met and all the wacky tales in between. Superimposer Pal. Hey, I thought the last time you mentioned this photo, you said your friend's name was Phil. And we're back. That we are.
so tomorrow night at the uh, the Potts Point Hotel. So I I don't know if we, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but uh, Eric Patrick, I guess friend of the pod. Sure, why not? Doesn't really mean anything. Said about <laughs> anyone. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a brother tremendous yet. No, he's not a brother tremendous, but he might be a friend of the pod, acquaintance of the pod. Yeah. Eric Patrick. He does this show on Tuesday nights that actually I kind of have helped do a bit of the writing for called uh, Live from Sydney, and it's like... Uh, Do you know how proud of you I am for that? This is Tommy's first um, writing job. Someone's hired him for his fucking writing. Yeah, I think it's more writing than job right now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a job in that it's, there are things to do. How do you think it starts? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fucking awesome, no, dude. It'll be cool. So the concept is it's kind of like uh, the way Eric Patrick kind of... Uh, he's like one of those guys you got to say both of his names. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, if I said Eric, he'd be like, who? I called him Patrick Eric once. Patrick Eric. <laughs> Patty Eric. Two first days. Oh, I'm going to do this right Patty. now, even though it's someone else's joke, but this is the funny. So um, Eric Patrick roasted a good friend of ours, Jack Wright. Uh, so a comedy Ooh, roast where that, you that's go. very competitive. Have you seen, have you, did you see this? I didn't, but I'm those sure are two you've heard very talented comedians. So for those unaware, a, a roast battle is basically where uh, two comedians stand on stage and they take turns taking jokes, uh, making jokes about the other one. And whoever tells the funniest, most brutal jokes wins. Tom's being a little bit humble, but he was the ex-champ. I was the champ once upon a time. But uh, Eric and um, and Jack Wright and Jack's final joke, uh, it's actually it's on YouTube. We can we can uh, I can find it. We can clip. It, we can put it on our Instagram. But I'm going to tell it anyway because it just makes me so happy. Is he goes? Uh, Eric Patrick has two first names because he was named after both of his potential fathers. <laughs> <laughs> and then because then he goes. Eric's full name is Eric John Matthew Mailman Washington Redskins Patrick. <laughs> See, this is the, when Tommy would get in roast season. It was like a fighter getting ready for a fight. They were all like uh, ornery and uh, like ornery and angry. <laughs> yeah, were, it was an eight week camp for they, sure. They were like, he was like, "Don't talk to me. I'm hungry." <laughs> uh, that was yeah, Jack, Jack Ryder. I believe Stephanie Broderidge wrote that joke actually, which is uh, oh so funny. Anyway, uh, Eric is um, Eric's been on this show called Live from Sydney. The concept is he kind of explained it to me is eight out of ten, eight out of ten cats meets Graham Norton. So eight out of ten cats is like a Comedian-based game show, kind of similar to a "Will I Lie to You" or "Mock Norton. the Week," and Graham Norton is kind of uh, England's answer to a Jimmy Fallon or a, exactly. you know, and so it's kind of like comedians coming on and telling stories, but also playing games. And anyway, I'm he's, he's done two weeks of it already. I'm on it for the first time tomorrow night, and uh, I think that is where I'm going to do the unveiling of my foot pictures. Yeah, doggy. So I got to go to Office Works tomorrow and embarrass myself. <laughs> so like, it's tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night. We are so bad with promo for our show <laughs> beforehand with trying to get any of the fans that we have. We'll put it, we'll, uh, why don't we, uh, we'll, let's put it up on the tremendous Instagram tonight and say it's, uh, we'll be there tomorrow. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do a video. Let's do a little video uh, shout out, like a call out to uh, the people tremendous. And um, we'll, we'll get the reveal of the foot pics. Is, um, maybe we can get Rav to film it or something like that. Well, it's already being filmed because it's live streamed. So amazing. It, yeah, even better. It, we were having them pay for it for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In tremendous fashion. Uh, and uh, all, what we should also mention while we talk about that, uh, that we will... Oh, so the other thing that I have to do... Actually, I'll go this way. The other thing that I have to do tomorrow is uh, we have this segment that's called Devil's Advocate. And the concept is that you take like a controversial topic and you have to defend it. So the, the topics they've done in the past are like uh, men should be paid more than women... Uh, there should be fewer women in politics. Oh, that's cool. It's not, it's not all gender, I promise. Uh, <laughs> another one was like, uh, Britney's dad was right and all of this kind of stuff. So mine is uh, that rich people should pay less tax <laughs> is the point that I have to make. So I've got to uh, sell that tomorrow. 
Uh, but yeah, it should be a fun show if people, well, you've already, either you've come or you haven't at this stage, but go again next week, next Tuesday. It's every Tuesday night at the Magic uh, Magic Mike at Potts Point Hotel. Eric Patrick is very, uh, Eric, e, e, uh, Eric Patrick, yeah, he's uh, he's very fucking talented. <laughs> I was trying to think of his um Instagram name. Yeah, what uh, Epat e the expat? Epat the expat, yeah, Epat the expat. Holy uh, shit, this dude is just crazy attractive, Eric Patrick, like former underwear model. If he was, if he was um, over six foot, he wouldn't be a comedian. <laughs> he'd be an he'd be an underwear model. Have you said that to him? No, that's so funny. <laughs> He's two inches away from not being a comedian. <laughs> yeah, he uh, is an issue. He was on the Real World. You see that it was that MTV show, The Real World, which means that he has to be. I mean, like all it is is the uh, interview tape. You either have to be insane or good looking. Yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But uh, well, the other thing that I was thinking we should say is we have, we've got some merch. Our merch is finally in. Ooh, Tommy merch. Because tomorrow we'll be we'll be showcasing it. At live from Sydney. That's right. We got um we got some tremendous T-shirts that also reference an earlier joke in the podcast, an earlier uh, little discussion that oh, Tommy and I had. Super niche. It was super niche. But, but a lot of it's probably the most we've heard out other other than the foot game. Uh, it's, it's probably the most um outside traction we've uh, gained. It's with the Bondi Cleaning and Revenge Co. brand. So we have um the. A tremendous T-shirt in the front, like pr uh, promoting tremendous, and then we have a Bondi Cleaning Co. Uh, Bondi Cleaning and Revenge Co. Uh, logo in the back with a uh, brick, a hand holding a brick and a broom in uh, cleaning Bondi Revenge Co. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so those will be. We don't know how to sell them yet, but if you want one, DM us. DM the Tremendous Pod at uh, Instagram or either one of us individually, or you know, just say it to us next time you see us because if you're listening you're probably one of our friends that's right yeah we'll, we'll just we'll just hand it over instead of mailing it <laughs> um all right sweet we gotta wrap this baby up we, we, joke of the week elliot am i am i taking the lead of the joke of the week you are taking i'm gonna get you next week but uh, uh right. joke of the week okay uh i only read this one for the first time today so it might go off the rails and if so we'll just edit it out and we'll before, start again before you do that though i will say this though uh tom i think we got to start a new segment uh tom do we have a new segment button New segment time. Okay, so what we have is uh, jokes that Elliot missed. Jokes that Elliot missed. If there's a better name, reach out. Tell us a, tell us a better <laughs> name. But uh, jokes that Elliot missed. So Tom has a habit of telling funny jokes, and I have a habit of not listening to them. So <laughs> what I'm trying to do is actually I'm just uh, trying to make the show move along, and sometimes I miss a joke. But Tom tells a funny one. So next week, uh, as of next week, we're going to be starting the jokes that Elliot missed segment where we play jokes that Tom said uh, from the podcast the week before, but Elliot missed. <laughs> and, and as the person who edits this podcast and responsible for all the sound clips, uh, I love how I am now being uh, given work for all the jokes that I make that don't get recognized. I'll, I'll give you the sound clips, don't worry. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here's this joke. I, I, this might fall off the rails, but here we go. Um, a guy dies and goes to hell, and he goes down to hell. He gets to the gates of hell, and he's walking through, and he sees a demon holding a placard with his name. It says Sam on it. And he goes, oh, hi, I'm Sam. He's like, oh, hi, Sam. I'm your demon, Dave. Uh, it's my job to take you around hell and show you what's going on. And Sam's very nervous and very uncomfortable. And Dave's like, man, don't worry about it. I know you've heard a lot about hell up on, on Earth. It's not nearly as bad as they make out, right? It's actually a pretty good time. And he's like, 
and Sam's like, is it, is it really? And Dave's like, yeah, man, like to, it's Monday today. Do you, do you like drinking? And Sam's like, yeah, I like drinking. He's like, oh, f- thank God. It's like, f- it's free cocktail night tonight in hell. We're having gin. We're having tequila. We're going to get loose. It's going to be an awesome night. And then tomorrow night, do you like to smoke? And Sam's like, yeah, I love to smoke. He's like, oh man, tomorrow Satan brings down the finest Cuban cigars that anyone has ever tasted. We're all going to enjoy them tomorrow. We're going to have a great time. He's like, what, what about drugs? Do you like drugs? And he's like, yeah, man, I, I love drugs. He's like, oh, dude, Wednesday night, we have the finest cocaine in hell. You will have never tried anything like it on earth. Wednesday night is the big drug night. You're going to have the best time. What, what about women? Do you like women? So it's like, yeah, I love women. It's like, oh, man, Thursday night, Satan lines up the sluttiest, most beautiful, gorgeous women who will do whatever you want. It's an amazing night, man. You're going to have the best time. He's like, oh, and Sam, are you gay? He's like, no, I'm, I'm not gay. He goes, ooh, you're going to hate Friday. <laughs> 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 that's tremendous <laughs> that's tremendous there, Bevel. deadly 